So what we talked about before is there are certain idols in our lives. And an idol is anything, it can actually be a good thing. But when this good thing has passed its place in our lives and become an ultimate thing, then it's become an idol. Whatever detracts our attention from the Father onto other things has, has now become our God. So I used to think of, of idols as, you know, I had a, like my grandma had these little statues in her, in her room. And I used to think those were idols. But idols are so much more insidious than, than little things like that, that little gargoyle outside that we put outside. It's more than just this, it's this image. But an idol is an issue of the heart. Now, the heart of every issue is the issue of the heart. So today, as I'll bring up my little illustration here again. There are, there are several ways that the enemy can get into our souls, that the enemy can creep into our minds. And these certain bridges in this series on spiritual warfare, if you worship control, this is for next week, then I built a bridge into my mind and these little enemies get in. And the more bridges I have, the more these things just flow right in. And if I didn't have any bridges, but I just left one up, then the enemy still gets in. And the enemy is anything negative, anything that's not from God. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The enemy brings thoughts that are death, destruction, kill, steal, and destroy. But John 10 tells us that Jesus came that we might have life and have it abundantly. So this idol of control lets the enemy in. If I worship money, this is a heart issue again. If my heart's there, then I will pave a bridge. I'll build a bridge for the enemy to come in. Power, being right, getting the last word in. I, I'm struggling with this one every day. Pulling rank on little kids. Like, well, it's my thing. It's because I said so. That's a power thing. It can be trying to get some position at work. It's a power issue. Okay, we have here a rebellious heart. Satan is the rebellious one. And that spirit of rebellion is not from God. Comfort. If we live for comfort, then we're paving a way for the enemy to get in. Deception is just believing a lie. So now I have all these bridges here. And this last one is the idol of approval. Now, who is susceptible to this idol in their life? Who is susceptible? Only weak Christians? No, any Christian is susceptible to this approval idol. Why? I don't know. There seems to be different phases in our lives, right? At least in my life. Like when I was in elementary school, oh, I love those people. Those kids are the big kids, right? They're cool. And then junior high, it's like, well, I want to... I want to be funny like these other kids. And then high school, it's like, oh, I want to be cool like those guys. Like, man, there's the sports people and then there's the, there's the whatever. But I want to be like them. And then it doesn't stop because then you go to college and like, oh, I want to have more units. Because the smart ones have like, like a ton of units in all these different classes. And it doesn't stop there because then you graduate from college and then you go like, oh, well, I want to have, I don't want to, I don't want to be an intern. I want to, I want to get a, land a good job. So I guess everybody would think I'm cool. This whole thing about being cool before people is, it never stops. 
And then you grow up and then you, you get a job and it's like, man, I, I, I want to have a, a bunch of kids or just something where everybody would, would approve of me. And we wouldn't say that out, outright, out, out front, but, but those things are there. Like the things that drive us, I'll, I'll use I statements, the things that have driven me my whole life, if I'm being honest, it's because I wanted to, I wanted to gain someone's approval. Now I've experienced so much freedom in this area in my life, but even this morning, you know, I, I surf every day, right? Sometimes I catch a wave and I'll be like, anybody see that? <laughs> and I see it in my kids too. My son will all hear something. Dad, did you see that? Or Kyler, four years old. Daddy, look at this. And I was like, I'm like, yeah, 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 that's cool. And he's like, you're not looking. But there's this good desire within us to be approved. God gave us that. But when it surpasses its place, it's become an idol and it, it will bring us down. It'll tear us down. So the most famous example, well, before I go to that, um, what do you what do you think, gentlemen, what do you think is the worst sin that someone can do? I mean, as a Christian, what do you think is the worst thing you can do? Blaspheme the Holy Spirit. Blaspheme the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I mean, just, these are all good. But what else? How about if you denied Jesus? Like if someone says, hey, do you know Jesus? And you're like, mm, no, don't know him. Wouldn't that be, that would, that, would be like the, that would be like the worst thing you could do as a Christian. So if you would turn with me to Luke twenty two fifty four, Luke twenty two fifty four. Watch this, Luke twenty two fifty four, and uh, if you don't, have, we have we have hard Bibles in the back. The kids can get some. Yeah, twenty two fifty four. Okay, and if not, follow, follow along with me here. Luke twenty two fifty four. Here's the scene. This is the, at the end of Jesus' ministry. Okay, and it's hectic because they because Jesus is being arrested, and then here here it goes. Fifty four. Then they seized him and led him away, bringing him to, into the high priest's house. And Peter was following at a distance. Okay, this is his right hand man. Okay, there's if you're in the military, if you're in the Marine Corps, which there's some of you in here. The uh, squad is 12 Marines. Who's the squad leader? What rank is the squad leader? Morales, what's, what rank is the squad leader? Sergeant. Yes. How, how much of a big deal is a sergeant in, in the infantry in the Marine Corps? That's a big deal, right? Peter's, Peter's the squad leader. Every time the disciples are listed, he's always first out of the 12. This is his right-hand man. So Peter's following at a distance. And when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down amongst them. Now, Peter's a warrior, okay? Then a servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the light and looking closely at him, said, This man was also with him. But he denied it, saying, Woman, I, I don't know him. And a little later, someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. Second, strike one, strike two. But Peter said, Man, I, I am not second time and after an interval about an hour still another insisted saying certainly this man was also with him for he too was a Galilean like he could they could smell him but Peter said man I don't know what you're talking about and immediately while he was still speaking the rooster crowed and the Lord turned and looked at Peter 
I mean, he just committed the worst thing ever. And, and Jesus just goes, and he looks at him. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord and how he had said to him, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and whipped, wept bitterly. So what's Peter's issue here? What's Peter's issue? Why would he commit the worst sin that a believer could do? Now, just, just summary, I'm just going to just briefly. He was afraid of people. He wanted to gain the approval of people. Have you ever been in, in Peter's shoes here? I, I have. I have. I go through this all the time. Especially if I think someone in my mind, this is how messed up my mind is. If I think someone is cool, like famous or something, or if they got money, I am more reluctant to share Jesus. Anybody else? I'm just confessing my sin here. It's wrong and it's sinful. Giselle, can you get that egg from Kyler? Okay. Uh, and it doesn't stop there. So that's denying Jesus. There's a big thing on the news today about racism. And uh, every, there's one pastor said, every, everybody's racist. And well, what is racism? It wasn't one person thinking he's better than another, right? In a nutshell. Where does that come from? Well, it comes from being deceived, actually, because because if you read this thing, then we all come from Adam and Eve, so we're kind of all from the same parents. So for someone to think they're better than someone, well, they, they have not read this and realize that we come from the same people. So, but look at this. Peter also, we're picking on Peter today, but he also dealt, he also struggled with treating people differently because of their, of the color of their skin and their, and their, their gender. Look at Galatians chapter 1. Verses 6 through 10. Galatians 1, 6 through 10. In Galatians 1, 6 through 10, here, here's the scene. Um, okay. Let me read this to you. And uh, Paul talks about a fool here. Okay. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and who want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preached to you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so now I'm saying again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. Some of your verses say anathema. Okay, so... He says that because the theme of this whole book in Galatians is the gospel. In the first two chapters, uh, Paul defends the gospel. And then in the next two chapters, uh, three and four, he, he defines the gospel. And then in chapters five and six, he actually gives some application of the gospel. So what he's about to say, he wraps up this little section here with verse 10 and saying this. For not am I seeking the approval of man or of God. Or am I trying to please man? If I was still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. So he says that because, well, he's about to say something about the gospel, and it might offend a lot of people. But Paul doesn't care about getting the approval of man. He has to preach the gospel. And so that story I talked about, about Peter getting in, uh, Paul getting in Peter's face, is from chapter 2, verse 11. So you just fast forward to the right a little bit, Okay. Racism is a, is a gospel issue, not a social one. 
But Paul, look at this. He gets in his face because this is, this is important. Because if we worship the approval of people, we end up doing things like treating people different for the color of their skin. Okay, verse 11. Verse, uh, chapter 2, 11. But when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face. This is intense. Because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. So he's, he's, he's a Jewish guy eating with Gentiles, which was frowned upon back then. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. So he, he was scared of these guys. He was scared of these guys that came. And the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him. So now he's affecting other people's behavior. Like, well, if he's stepping back, I'm going to step back. I don't know these guys. So that even Barnabas, Barnabas is a, is a guy, his name means the encourager. He was led astray by their hypocrisy. But when I saw their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas before them all, if you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile, not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? Okay, here. Girls, can you get him? Okay. What is the issue here with the racism going on in Peter's heart? It's approval of man again. You see how insidious this thing is? Anytime someone gets their eyes off of God and onto people, they start doing nonsensical things. It is so foolish to believe that someone is better than another person because of the color of their skin. Like, even in this, I'm just going to give you my, Ryan's perspective on this. I don't know what it means for someone to be black or, I don't know what that means. I've been to the Philippines where there's people that are very dark. But do they count as, I, I, don't, I don't know. When people take their eyes off of God and off of the word of God, then they start believing that, that we are all different. But we're not. I know something true of every human being on this earth. They are created in the image of God. So when I treat people, I treat them as they're created in the image of God. God created them for human flourishing. So I don't care the color of someone's skin. I know that God created them for human flourishing. So when I see someone and they're not flourishing, I know this is a gospel moment. I don't see anyone different because of their culture, because of their socioeconomic status, the color of their skin, because everybody is in need of the good news of Jesus Christ. Uh, people who worship approval need the gospel. This is a gospel issue. Because if they don't believe in the good news of Jesus Christ, then they're going to live for what other people think of them. They're going to live for what other people think of them. And that's a sad place to be because, well, living for people is it's, it's such a cheap substitute for, for joy. Okay, just so we'll help you determine. But don't let them go upstairs. Okay. And right now, I'm, I'm struggling with the approval of, of people in here thinking like, okay, Ryan can't even control his kids. <laughs> Don't worry, bro, I got you. All right, do you guys, are you guys judging me right now? It would, it would hurt my, no, see, if I live my life for the approval of men, then I'm always gonna, then I'm gonna lose sight of what I'm trying to do here. I'm trying to portray truth that sets us free. You know how you know I'm free? How do I know I'm free? I know I'm free in my soul when I'm free from you. And I know I'm free from you when I'm free from me and I'm no longer worshiping myself as well. I'm totally free when I get my eyes on Jesus. 
The gospel sets me free. Jesus died, he resurrected, and he rose again so that I would not have to live for the approval of man. So I wouldn't have to fear man. Uh, th this, this issue of approval goes all throughout the Bible. I'm going to read uh, John chapter 12, verses 42 through 43. You can just hear this one. Nevertheless, many even of the authorities believed in him, that's Jesus, but for fear of the Pharisees, they didn't confess it. So that they would not be put out of the synagogue. The synagogue is like the church. They wouldn't be kicked out. For they love the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. In, in Proverbs 29, 25, it says, The fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. What's at the root issue of approval? So, so at the root, so we already know when people are acting in, in a certain way, like they're being racist or they're denying Christ, or all these different behaviors, it's rooted in living for other people's opinions. And living for other people's opinions is also rooted in fear of man. And fear of man is really rooted in pride. Like if God says, don't fear, don't look at them, look at me. Don't fear the people who can kill the body but can't kill the soul, I'm quoting Jesus. Be fearful of the one who can do both. So for someone to, for me to fear someone else more than God is actually pride and it's evil and offensive in God's sight. But at the root, root, root of that would be, I would think would be, I'm just going right back to this one. I'm believing some sort of lie. So the way ahead of this thing, it, the, the way we uproot the, the root of approval here. If this was a tree and this is one of the roots, I would pull this thing out. Okay, this is very simple. This is my application now. I pull this thing out and I say, oh my gosh, I'm living for the approval of man. I care way too much what other people think of me. So 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So whenever this creeps, it it's, rears its ugly head into my life, I pull this thing out of the ground and I go, Oh my gosh, that was there again. I'm living, I'm living for the approval of man. Lord, thank you for your forgiveness. You know why I go straight to forget thank you? Because 1 John 1 9 says, if, he, if I confess my sins, he's faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I don't even have to ask for forgiveness. I just go straight to thanksgiving. Lord, I confess I was worshiping man's approval. Thank you for your forgiveness. And sometimes I can't see this root. Sometimes I'm totally blind to it. So I have a good friend, like Irvin here, right? We could be, we could be just be hanging out and Irvin can say to me, hey Ryan, I think you care too much about what people think about you. I'm just saying that because I love you and I want to tell you, except your brother, so I, I think you care way too much about what your neighbors think and, and stop cutting your lawn with scissors to get you in the lawn of the month or something like that. And then I can say, hey, thanks, man. Or I can be, be prideful and say, what are you talking about, man? And defend myself. But if my brother cares about me, then I can say, thanks, man. I, thank you. And I didn't know that was there. It'd be like if I had a booger in my nose and, and, and you told me out of love. That's what sin is. It's like, it's like a big booger in my nose. And it's hard. this is hard for me to do because I don't, I don't like telling people when they have food in their teeth. But I know it's the right thing to do. Like if you really love somebody like my wife, she'll just straight up just, come here, come here. I should just pick a piece of broccoli out of my, my teeth. But I struggle with this because I go, oh, man, I don't, 
Pierce has like some burrito here, but I don't want to tell him. How silly is that? If I if I love him, I say, hey, Pierce, come here, come here, dude. Get, get some um, Pablo. What do we eat uh, every Sunday? Pablo. We got some Pablo coffee right here, bro. Like wipe it off. And then, so the Christian life looks like this. Hey, man. Um, can I can I talk to you? Like, man, the way the way you took, treat your kid, man. It, it's not good. And then I can go in that moment. Thank you. Thanks for. Thank you. I'm gonna confess. Let's pray right now. Lord, I confess. I'm just. I'm. I'm so mean to my kids. And that's the Christian life, right? But this approval thing—it's always gonna be there unless we're in community. I don't know how people without Christ and without gospel-centered community do do life here. It's so hard as it is. If we do it alone, then this thing is gonna kick our butts. We're always gonna live for other people. In in elementary school, you know the kids in the back, like you're gonna be tempted. To be cool, to do whatever else, but it doesn't matter what your classmates think of you. Really, it matters what God thinks. Uh, here in the, in the military setting, it doesn't really. We don't live for the approval of other people. Sometimes in the military, people are like like dogs sniffing each other's butts. Like they look at it, all the ribbons and everything. And it, it's like, am I cool? You, you can can you look at my chest here? Can you look at what's on my collar? We don't we don't. And a person's mission focus. Those are the kind of people that, that's like the metal type, the metal honor type person. Self, selfless sacrifice, right? Above and beyond the call of duty, jumping on grenades, things like that. Not that we want anybody to do that, but a person who's just focused on the mission instead of themselves, instead of trying to get a pat on the back, they're gonna get people killed. That's it. You know, so, so, so the idol of approval is always gonna be whispering into your ear. The way ahead of this thing is to constantly expose it. And I wish I could say a prayer for everybody in here and it'd be done and you'd never deal with approval ever again. But that's not the case. I'm saying you can only stay on top of this thing in the body of Christ, in community, as we speak truth to each other. I'm glad, I'm glad you guys came out because we have to gather together. We have to literally gather together. And if we can't because of the pandemic or whatever, then we gather together on Skype. Or faith or FaceTime, whatever. Zoom. Um, let me let me give you some truth before I, I close here. Uh, Matthew, Matthew 6:33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And that's the person who's kingdom focused, right? Just always focus on the kingdom. Uh, Matthew 6:1. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your father who is in heaven. I've listed like a ton of verses here. I'm just reading a few. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. That's 2 Corinthians 5, 9. Probably the best example is, is Jesus. And, I, and I've got this one memorized. If you go in John 8, he's speaking, right? To a bunch of people. Some believe in him and some are denied. Some believe in him but aren't saying anything because they're afraid of people. And Jesus says in John chapter 8, the Father is with me, and I always do what pleases Him. That's really the, the, the epitome of a person who's free from the idol of approval. They're just they're focused on God always. That's it. So my so my kids get home from school. Um, some cultures ask, like, "What did you learn today?" Some say, uh, "What what did you what did you do today?" 
Uh, some people, if you're like an Enneagram 7, you're probably like, hey, did you have fun today? <laughs> so, here, here's what I ask my kids. Or when, when I send them off. Just so, when I send you off to school, what would I, what would I ask you? Yes, is your backpack packed? Yes, I'd ask that. But I also ask, um, how, how are you going to please the Father today? How are you going to please the Father today? When my kids come home from school, it's like, you tell me about pleasing your Father today. And for our whole life, just imagine with me in your mind's eye what your life would look like if it was preoccupied with, how can I please the Father today? Because if our eyes are on God and off of people, we will live so free. We will live so free. But the more we keep our eyes on people, will be ensnared by this trap. Um, I want to lead you in a prayer. If, if you're if you're listening to this right now and, and you're, you're thinking, man, I always seek the approval of people. I have a list here, whether it's validation of others, whether you think you need a pat on the back. It could be your parents, your grandparents, seeking the approval of your siblings, seeking the approval of a boyfriend or a girlfriend, seeking, seeking the approval of your kids, your, your spouse, your ex-spouse, your fiance. Seek... If, if you're like, man, I need people to text me back. I need people to text me back. I need people to like my posts. If you're, if you're a church person, you're like, man, I just want the pastors to like me. I want, the elders to like me. I want people to like me. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And, 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 the, and the prayer would go like, let's, let's just close with this prayer. Lord, I confess. You can say this in the, in the quietness of your own heart. Lord, I confess. I have put the approval of people over approval, over your approval. Thank you, God, for your forgiveness. Thank you for empowering me by the Holy Spirit in this area of my life. Thank you that you give me every resource to be completely free from this thing. And thank you for the body of Christ that will help me stay on top of this thing and help, it, help me keep it exposed. In Jesus' name, Amen. Okay, let's close with let's close with a song here. Okay, come up here.